Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from Every remaining Division One team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. Joining us on the podcast somehow for the first time today is a man all of you college tennis fans will know best as a lifelong Georgia Bulldog, whether it was as a national championship winning player, national indoor champion winning coach, and now the soon to be next head coach of the Georgia women's tennis program. Of course, for now, we know him as associate head coach Drake Bernstein. Coach, welcome on to our show. Congratulations on the news. How are you feeling today? I appreciate it, Alex. Thanks for having me. Uh, feeling feeling good because it's a 
May in Athens. It's uh, This is the most uh, special time of the year around here, and uh, we get to host one more round. Uh, we've had some great crowds all year. Um, obviously, uh, this is an exciting time to, to be a Bulldog. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask you, of course, about what it means for you to be taking over the head job. But I do want to focus first on 2023. And as you mentioned, it's May. It's NCAA tournament time. Your team earns a couple of 4-0 victories over Florida A&M and Florida State over the past weekend. You know, what was your assessment of that opening weekend of play? What impressed you most with what the girls did? Well, I think on both days, uh, we just looked really locked in. I mean, really competitive from from start to finish we've played great doubles um on both days uh particularly on saturday against florida state which has been a a big area of emphasis for us over the last uh month or so we've had a need to improve our doubles and it's nice to see uh that work paying off because they're working on it um it's nice to see it pay off in the tournament Mm-hmm. And, you know, you mentioned that doubles there. That's something I wanted to ask you about. You guys have played with a bunch of different doubles lineups all season long. And, you know, I, whether it was I, for whatever reasons, I'm curious, what was it that maybe had you guys leaning away from Leah, away from Dasha in the doubles lineup early in the season to the point where now, you know, you're employing both of them whenever you can? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just been finding the right teams for us and finding the right match and and getting, you know, it it has been a lot of trial and error. Um, We've dealt with being a little bit banged up with with at times. And it's just been, hey, like you said, probably more experimenting uh, than ever before. You're not always wanting to be experimenting at going into the SEC tournament, but uh, we feel like we've landed in a good spot after all, and and we've got some some good dubs going out there now. Mm-hmm. What is more important when you're trying to prepare your team for these doubles points? I mean, I know to some extent you're all coaching tactics, but how much of it is continuity of pairings? How much of it is just, again, finding that right energy? Because in my experience, what I've learned is, yeah, that doubles point is a sprint more than anything else. Yeah, it's totally about about that cohesion within the, the team, um, the doubles team. And I think, you know, you look at, at what we've had lately, Dasha and Mel are, are two great friends. They love each other. They love playing for each other. Mai and Gigi um, are tight. They, they came in uh, early together. Uh, they came in as freshmen together. They're playing hard for each other. They've really learned how to complement each other's games well and uh lift each other up uh, when when things go a little south for a few minutes it, it's a big piece of it and then you know you've had leah and mag um they've they've played together the past couple of years at least at some point and they're they're a tough team to beat um and really anya and nasia uh, uh lapata hertel lapata has been uh, a strong team too those two get along really well um so you know we feel like we're landing um with some good options that are that are finding ways to complement each other and bring out the best uh from the start of the match i know injuries have played a role in the lineups we've seen from your team at certain points of the season, but you mentioned some of the names, you know, making sure my gets singles matches, Gigi gets singles matches and, you know, mm-hmm. Anya, Anastasia, all of them can get comfortable. 
What has that been, you know, how important was that for you guys coming into the season, finding the right six versus making sure everyone got matches? Yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's part of making sure you're finding the ones that are are most ready to go out here and giving opportunities um, every chance possible, giving, uh, and it's been great to see everybody really answer the call and step up when their time came, when that, when their number was called, they're ready to go. Um, and we're lucky. We're a team that we don't really have any drama of who's playing. We, we accept it and we, we buy into what's best for the team. And if your name isn't called, um, those who have been seven, eight, nine for us this year, have just done a heck of a job from the sidelines supporting, uh, their teammates. And that's, uh, Big part of this dual match season, you know, you have these days where where maybe you're a little tired and and you got three girls over or three women on the sideline over there picking you up makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. What's clicked so well for Gigi this year? Because you know, again, I know you have a ton of options. Looking at the numbers, certainly Gigi ten and three at that number six spot and thirteen and three, I think, and maybe fourteen after this past weekend dual match play overall. I know it's her sophomore season, and obviously second year on the job, things get easier. But what clicked for, so well for her this year, not just in singles, but on the doubles court as well? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that Gigi's grown up a lot as a person. Uh, really, she is able to look at herself in a different light when she looks in the mirror. She believes in herself. She's confident. Um, she's she's a leader around the University of Georgia. Um, among all student athletes, she's going to be co-president of SAC next year. And I think that that confidence uh, from off the court is really carried over here and put, she's put tennis in a great healthy perspective and she works her tail off. I mean, that, that Gigi earns it every single day. Uh, She plays hard for the team. She plays hard for the university. And, you know, I'm a big believer in, and if you do that, things are going to pay off. You, 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 you care that much about something you're going to find a way. And she's a case in point there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, I want to ask you about everyone more broadly, this class of sophomores, Gigi, my Dasha and Mel, you know, they were the post Jokic class. So there's always going to be a vacuum there, right. To yeah. be filled, but to get those four sophomores to, you know, the very, it, what's so fascinating is a, they all play a little bit differently and, mm-hmm. you know, B, they all are extraordinary. What talk to me about that group, how they've matured here in year two and how that leads you guys to a 24 and four season thus far. And, you know, SEC tournament championship. Totally. I mean, the, those four have, uh, have, really started to figure out what this college tennis thing is all about. Um, and they've, you know, within themselves, it's always interesting to watch it. You know, when you have a big class like that, if it's three, if it's four, to watch how they how they grow, not only with a team, but within each other. Um, and they've really started to lean on each other. And it's almost like they're looking for ways, like, to bring the best out of each other. Um, where maybe last year, we're just trying to figure it out for myself, keep my head above water. And, and now they're really starting to look out for each other and their teammates. It's all starting to click for them. It's just been, man, it's been so much fun to, to watch it play out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've gotten to coach some, I, I think this is year 12 for you at Georgia. And obviously you've been around some really good players, the Perez's, the Schaefer's, the Jokic's over the years. 
no disrespect to anyone else on the roster because, again, I think everyone's really talented. But there are times when I watch Dasha play when I'm like, yeah, that that's what pro tennis looks like. And it just – it feels like, again, I don't know. It, it's like it, it's finding what plan A is because it's like I know what you you can do B. You can do C. You can do D and mm-hmm. E. But it's like finding that – that A gear, and yet you look at the numbers this year, obviously 16 and uh, 3 overall in dual match play in the regular season. It does feel like things are starting to click. I mean, again, you've coached a lot of talented players. What do you see in her game that that has allowed her to thrive? Well, I mean, I'll throw the obvious one out there is that she's 6'3 and can serve. Uh, <laughs> you know, crazy. She serves very well. Um, she's got a kick. She's got the slice. She's got the flat bomb. Um, and, you know, Really, I think one big thing that uh, Dasha does really well is a big moment. She steps up. You know, she she may battle with herself at, at two, three in a set, but when it's five all and the chips are on the table, Dasha's ready to step up. And uh, I think that's a obviously having that competitive gear is a big deal. Um, but honestly, her, her game is really still growing. I mean, I think from the beginning of this year, to now she's just gotten more and more aggressive and she's bringing more and more pressure um both on serve and on return we're, we're putting a lot of emphasis on bringing pressure and return games uh so it's kind of a constant pressure um and yeah i mean she's definitely got some skills she got Man. some skills and she also moves so well like for someone that size that's totally. the other thing so it's like it's not just that she has the weapons it's that she gets to the ball to use the weapons and yeah and I'm I'm just, you know, again, talking to coaches, especially in a year like this, where there are seven teams in any other year would be the unequivocal national championship favorite. But in this season, y'all got to fight for the crown. You know, when you have someone like Adasha, when you have a Liam, when you have a Malriasca, where things have to be tailored a little bit differently to each, how do you guys go about that and making sure, again, there's individual development while at the same time the team also develops? Yeah, I mean, we watch a, a lot of video. We yeah. go back and watch our matches over and over. And it's just a lot of times showing that video is how we can get them to see, hey, it's not just, hey, Dasha, trust me here. Trust me. It's hey, Dasha, let's watch this and we're going to see something together. And uh, and we roll from there. Um, and it's just mindfulness. It's paying attention to each of their games and really knowing their games, them taking some ownership of their games, being in touch with what it is that they need to be doing is a big piece of it. Uh, it doesn't really matter what we're saying if uh, you know they're on a different page. And I think that, that again, like you said, with those sophomores growing up, uh, getting more comfortable with college tennis, they've done a heck of a job taking ownership of their games and, uh, you know, putting it on their own shoulders to keep developing what's it like to get a fifth year with meg and just again you it's not often you get five years especially with someone like meg who's played all five years and was a part of you know that 2019 team that was so so Mm -hmm. good what's it like to get that fifth year it's you know it's really a gift i mean she's been a gift to our program to our community to the university of georgia i mean she's the i hope you know i I think she's gonna be one of the best one of the winningest to ever go down here and it's not necessarily you know what she does with her results but it's what she brings to the group that makes uh makes 
everybody around her better. So whoever she's practicing with, you know they're getting better. You know she's lifting them up. Um, and in turn, she's been able to find some of her, honestly, some of her best tennis in her fifth year. It's been fun to watch. Mm-hmm. She may have other intentions, but I know there's an assistant job opening at Georgia, and she might be pretty good for it. Just throwing. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what's funny is, is uh, I was telling her this the other day, is is I'm like three courts down, and I'll, I'll see something on Meg's court, and I'll come running down. And before I can even say anything, Meg says, I know, I know, I should have sliced that ball to her back. And it's like, she's like, it's like, whatever I know, she knows already. Uh, she beats me to it. Uh, I guess that's what you get for spending five years together. But no, she's been heck of a bulldog. Yeah, no, she's got the script down. Um, what was it like this year not having the indoor facility? Obviously, they're redoing it, renovating it, so you'll have that back. And again, Everyone knows the McGill Tennis Center. It's on the – you have to go there as a tennis fan. Yeah. It's a must-attend, and it's the biggest yeah. blemish on my resume is that I've never been to Athens oh, for an in-person match. On, I, I know. I'm go I'm not on, proud of on. it. I'll admit it, but I'm not proud of it. <laughs> uh, and admitting it's the first step. But well, how has that forced you guys to adjust, not having that indoor facility? Yeah, we, early in the year, we took a trip out to, um, to San Diego and to Palm Springs, um, with it being a little bit colder here in January, we got out West and we got some, some pretty good weather and good competition in Palm Springs with Auburn, Kansas and Texas tech. Um, and then we scheduled some tough indoor road matches at UNC and at Ohio state that really got us ready for national indoors. And, uh, you know, yeah, we've had to practice on some days where it's 45 degrees. Um, but our athletic department actually built this giant, it's not a, it's not a, bubble it's kind of like a tent over our other court so if it rained we were able to go there and hit like in our facility still um you know it's been fine for what we're going to get down the road um i think i think we can live with it yeah no i mean no doubt about that and obviously uh, i'm sure you are looking forward to the opening of the new did do did have an official name the indoor complex? No, not yet. Not Still yet. up for grabs. All right, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. quite have the cash, but I was going to well ask. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Alex S. Gr- I'll tell you what, if it's named after me, I'll be there. Uh, I can, I can <laughs> guarantee <laughs> that much. Take, yeah, that's what yeah. it's going to take. Okay, uh, at, okay. at a minimum. Uh, no, but <laughs> for your team, you know, you mentioned that national indoor run to make the finals for this group, and again, I mentioned that core four earlier. I know Meg is the through line, Anya the through line to Georgia teams past, but for this group to make that run, get to a national indoor final, I've learned through my time that seeing it and living it, like you have to do that almost to believe it's possible at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. How valuable was that run to your team? Oh man, it was awesome. It was huge. And I think that, like you said, having that experience of playing on the last day of a tournament, um, it's not something that just helps this year, but helps down the road. But I, I mean, I do think that it helped this year when we went into the match with Texas A&M in the final. Uh, we were geared up, primed for a, a good match. And, you know, I think that experience definitely showed there. Mm-hmm. What did it mean to bring that SEC tournament crown back home? Yeah, it's one that we, we wanted bad. Um, we felt like we have a, a very great team in this locker room a a very great group of women who get along with each other who push for each other and we felt like uh we had earned some hardware and it was nice to uh to have that come home with us for sure Mm -hmm. is it 
I mean, I'm sure it's blessing is the answer. But in what ways is it both burden and a blessing? Because your team all year long, and we sort of alluded to this earlier, you found four points in so many different ways all season long. There were times when you had to lean on the top three. You know, you mentioned uh, the A&M match. In that match, you get wins at five and six and take the doubles. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, as we head towards the postseason stretch, what is that flexibility? You know, do, do, does this team feel that flexibility? Do they have that confidence in one another? Oh, yeah, definitely. And and we we know that this is what tournament tennis is all about. You know, it, it's your day one and it's mine the next and I've got your back when you're not at your best. And, and you know, we know it's going to take a full team effort to keep pushing for the results that we want. Uh, but that's what we've prepped for all year. It's uh, our team has never been built around, you know, a spot or, or any people. This is us and we're going to go out there and fight together as a group. Um, so, yeah, we're ready to lean on each other. Definitely ready to lean on each other. I like to hear it. Preparing for the Sweet 16, how much easier is it when that match is at home? Like, what does this week look like in comparison to, say, the 2021 week when you're getting ready to head to Orlando? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, last year we went to Duke and having travel in between is obviously difficult. Um, it, it's getting to sleep in your own bed. It's it's getting to be around your fans. Uh, yeah, I think that everybody here is just really excited for one more match in Athens. I, I, I think the community is excited about it. I think our team is excited to play in front of uh, our fans one more time. It's, it's something that they've earned. They've put together a, a great season. Um, so now we're excited about, about the atmosphere that's going to be here. In the spirit of that sentiment, do you prefer the Super Regionals or do you like the Final 16 host site? Let's talk on Saturday. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I think the Super Regional is pretty cool. You know, even last year, for example, we went to Duke and they had a a fantastic crowd. We had a great match. We lost the match, um, but it was a, a great college tennis match. And you had, you know, fans there where we played some of these round of 16 matches elsewhere. And, you know, you might be playing in front of mom and dad and and a couple a couple friends from town, um, but no more than 20 people. And, I, you know, I think that the atmosphere is what makes college tennis so special. So being able to get Crowds, whether it's at home, on the road, round of 16, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Do you monitor the rankings all year long? Like, what was that top eight chase like for you this season? No, not really. I mean, it, being being in a conference as tough as the SEC, it, it, it keeps you <laughs> focused on the present. If you don't focus on the present, you're going to have a, a pretty rough weekend. And so, really, it's just getting ready for matches and letting the chips fall where they may at the end of the year. Um, and that's a, a credit to our girls doing a fantastic job there too. We don't get hung up in numbers, whether it's team numbers, whether it's individual numbers, nobody's saying I need to do this to get the NCAA tournament. It's let's get ready to play a match on Friday and Sunday. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we knew if we took care of business, it, it, we would earn our spot in the top eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And obviously again, a credit to you guys that you have, in the Sweet 16 this weekend, rematch with Oklahoma. You guys got them, I believe, 5-2 because I think every match ended up finishing in that mm-hmm. National Indoor quarterfinal earlier this season. What are your thoughts on that matchup? You know, What's it going to take for your girls to get through? 
Yeah, I think it's an exciting one. Yeah, Oklahoma brings a lot of energy. They bring their own atmosphere to the match. Uh, I think that this place is going to be um, buzzing with energy and we're going to have a good entertaining college tennis match. Um, you know, I think our keys are going to be to really do what we've been doing all year and just keep leaning on each other, being ready to compete. Um at the start of the match, not five minutes in against a great team like Oklahoma. If you wait 10 minutes to start the match, you might be playing from behind. Um, so I think we, we've just got to be ready to go at the start of the match and ready to fight with each other. And I think I uh, haven't seen the the team practice this week. I really just feel like we're in a good spot and, and we're headed on the right track. I'm not going to ask for match calculus because I know I'm never going to get an answer to find our way to four. But let me ask you this. Fans are wondering, and obviously on our Cracked Rackets broadcast, which we're fortunate enough to have the Georgia-Oklahoma match on, you know, we like to jump around. If there's one matchup in particular you think we should have our eyes on, what matchup is it? Oh, man. Because there's uh, a lot of good ones, but uh, are, this is not an indictment. This, yeah, it's not saying one is bad. It's just saying, is there one in particular you're like, I think this one could get funky. Uh, I don't know about funky. I just think yeah. that the, the quality, um, when you've got Leah playing against Lane Sleeth, yeah. you know, two girls that, that hit a lot of balls in the green part of the court, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have some some fun points there. Uh, I think you have a, a great matchup on two also with, with Dasha and Guzman. Uh, Guzman's been playing great. Dasha's been playing great. Um, you know, man, hopefully... Uh, you can bounce around to any court and you got something entertaining. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's going to be some good tennis all over the place here. And that's what I like to hear. Well, again, final few questions for you before I let you go. A lot of things happen throughout the course of a college tennis season, uh, you know, positive, negative, whatever it may be. What's the biggest surprise about your group to you this season? Oh, man. You got to prep me with things like this, man. <laughs> yeah, you put me on the spot. Let me think. Uh, yeah, or maybe yeah, I, the I surprise think, is how much it's gone to script. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, we we have had a great. I think that that one thing that's been great about our season is is how much our team has embraced playing at home and playing with this crowd here. Um, they've really learned to to use the crowd and and to interact with the crowd and and to let the crowd pick them up when they're down. Um, that's been a lot of fun to see. It's been a lot of fun to see. No, I agree. I just think every team is playing with a little more energy now. It's almost demanded to succeed at the top of college tennis. And yeah, I agree. It's really exciting. And so uh, I I accept that answer. That was what I was looking for, for what it's worth. Um, Again, it's been a really fun year in college tennis. And as I alluded to, in most seasons, you'd be like, yeah, this team's a national championship contender unequivocally this one's going to win it but you've got like nine of those groups heading into the final weekend that said do you think there's a clear-cut favorite for the title right now man honestly like what you said you just said nine i think that there's more than nine that (laughs) that can make that push on any given day um i think that we've seen everybody challenge each other make each other better throughout the year i think this is shaping up to be one of the best uh, finishes to a college season. I think we're going to have a lot of tight 4-2, 4-3 matches over the next 10 days. 
No, it it is going to be fun. I agree. I'm very much looking forward to just watching it all unfold. And yeah, I think these super regionals as well. It's going to be a four three sort of weekend. Out again with all those stories in mind. Outside of your group, and I know obviously it's hard to focus on anything outside of that, but I'm curious what coaches think, and I'm asking this to everyone. Is there a team, a coach, a player outside of your program, some sort of storyline that has particularly impressed you in college tennis this season? You know, I think UNC's continued to be consistent. Um, what what Brian and Tyler are doing over there, I mean, it's really impressive to to be able to follow it up year after year, you know, and and not have a single year where there's a drop off is it's really impressive. I'd say that's one that that stands out for sure. Obviously, you got NC State, you know, really making their footprint known um, and having having Schneider over there. Uh, it's great for college tennis. Uh, those coaches work really hard you know dave and simon do a great job with their player development and never really slows down i think that's why you see their consistency um those are going too is that does that is that satisfactory that's exactly what i'm looking for again what are, the, what are the things coaches are thinking about and talking about that's what i'm looking for in this series approach to the fall I know it's down the road you're locked in on 2023 but the 2020 you know the indoor, uh, the excuse me, the individual shift is looming, and come twenty twenty four, individuals will be played. Then, do you shift your mindset to how you approach the fall as soon as this, you know, September, or is that something still a little bit further down the road? You know, we just had a, a regional conference call on it, and I just think that there, like there's still a lot of unknowns of how we're going to go about some things. Uh, I'm kind of a, a take the punches as they come kind of guy, and sure. so I think that. Once once we get some some really clear direction, then we'll they'll, we'll start to sort it out um, a bit more. But um, you know, I'm excited about the NCAs moving to to the fall. Um, I'm excited that we're going to have kind of a true individual season and then a, a true team season. Mm-hmm. No, I'm glad to hear. It. Well, then last two for you, and I buried the lead here, but it's time to do some capital J journalism. You are a lifelong Georgia Bulldog, someone who won a national championship as a player at the school. Obviously, you've been a part of the women's team now for over a decade. You've had the chance to learn from Jeff Wallace, one of just two coaches in D1 women's history with over 800 wins. You know, what has that relationship meant to you and what does it mean to you to succeed him and be named the next head coach of Georgia women's tennis? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a dream come true. Um, say that with no hesitation. Uh, honestly, you know, a lot of people don't know. I grew up with Jeff's son. I mean, we were we were ten years old together, having sleepovers, playing like really bad tennis together, uh, <laughs> and he turned into a uh, turned into a Paralympic uh, world champion sprinter. Uh, his story is incredible. Uh, so you know. Getting to learn from from Jeff, getting to learn, you know, I had Manny as my coach. It's just uh, if if, if there if it don't succeed, it's not because of uh, I haven't been taught the lessons. Let's put it that way. I I think I've had some of the best mentors that that anybody could ask for. Um, but yeah, it's definitely exciting. I mean, as a player, even when I was walking through these gates every day, it's this is 
this is a dream. Are you kidding me? And then I get to come back as, as an assistant coach, you know, a year out of college, essentially. Are you kidding me? I'm the luckiest guy on the planet. And now um, to be able to put my own spin on it down the road, it, it really is a dream come true. And I'm excited about uh, kind of honoring the traditions that we had here and, and building for the future. Yeah, no, Athens is the college tennis community. And obviously you get to spend many, many more years there now as the head coach. And, you know, talking about all the time you spent in Athens, I can't let you go without asking this question. And, you know, longtime Cracked Rackets listeners will know this about me. The way I got into college tennis was via Virginia men's tennis highlights on YouTube. Like from 2005 to 2012, that's all you had. And mm-hmm. so in my mind, as a and as a resident college tennis historian, I'll bequeath that title onto mm-hmm. myself, the 2008 Virginia men's team is a team I hold very – like I have been in an argument, God, shout out to the person who was willing to entertain it, that the 08 Virginia team was actually the best Virginia team because you have prime Somdev, you have, you know, Tret, Dom, who become top 25 players in the world in doubles. You know, um, Teddy Angelinos, who's 250 in the world, is playing yeah, six. Playing like, six. that yeah. team is ridiculous. You guys beat them 4 3. Now, my memory of things is that there was like a big rain delay or something, something funky, or maybe that's the year after that there's the big rain delay. But I, you guys get them in 08, 4-3 win. You go on to beat Texas, but who cares about the final? Talk to me about that semifinal because, like, to me, that's the match. That was crazy. You know, they were unbeatable. Um, they were unbeatable. And uh, I wasn't in, in singles or doubles uh, in that NCAA tournament, but – you know, Manny had everybody. We had all of us believe in it. And there was just something special about that team. I mean, we believed so deep in one another. I remember being behind Jamie Hunt's court, uh, you know, that whole tournament just willing him through. Um, you know, fun fact is in that match, Jamie played Sanam Singh. Yeah. And Sanam's coming this weekend yeah. with the men to Athens. We got a little bit of rematch of 08, 15 years <laughs> down the road. Um, but uh, that was a special night, really special team. Uh, it took some things uh, happening that, that weren't necessarily supposed to happen. Uh, but there was a lot of a lot of heart in, in that group. We had a had a big night for us. Yeah, because I think you played them back-to-back years, right? Like 07 and 08, if memory oh, serves so, me. Yeah, 07 was, I think, the semis, and then 08 yeah. was... Because 08, uh, they were undefeated when they played you, right? They won undefeated. the indoors, undefeated coming yeah. in. Yeah, undefeated and untouchable. Right? We uh, we we uh, we had lost our number one and two. You know, we lost Isner. We lost... Uh, no, not our one and two. We lost Isner, and we lost Omersell, who was a great number four. And, uh, you know, we kind of painted the picture in our own minds, at least, that, that nobody thought we could we could do it again and use that as motivation, leaned on each other and had a special run, special you, run. You get the butterfly still thinking about that match? Is that, oh, that, yeah. Every that time I go back to Tulsa, yeah, it's like, <laughs> man, that was the greatest night uh, outside of my wedding and, and having my children. That was the greatest night of my life. I know what Stevie did. You saw... Sam Dever is, I mean, they played in an NCAA final, but how good was Sam Dev in college? Yeah, he's solid. He, he <laughs> yeah. just didn't miss balls. He just didn't miss balls. He was really good. Uh, 
man, in, in those days you had you had Somdev, you had John, you had Stevie, uh, shortly after you had Ryan, you had tennis, you had JP Smith I mean, Quan all these and guys all of them, just yeah. Deep college tennis. Um yeah. fun time to to be in college tennis. Grateful that I was uh, a number four and not having to deal with those guys up there at the top. <laughs> well, yeah, I played no, tennis at four. They were yeah. pretty, they were pretty deep. Um, yeah, yeah, no, when you're two, when, uh, what's his name? I'm, I'm blanking on the guy who played three, but yeah, their, their team was a joke. Yeah. JP Smith, ridiculous. Ryan Williams, not playing one ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's a really fun era. And I think like, again, the top era teams of those era, they'd compete today. It's when you get to like 20, 30, 40, that that's where, you start to maybe see the difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. And totally. So, no, you're right. I, I forgot about that piece that Sonam was on that. That was his freshman year. Yeah. Against that, that was, that was hunt and sing came down to that match hunt yeah. and sing for the, for the match. And uh, I think he was battling some, some cramps and, and Jamie did a great job staying focused and uh, pulling us through the, fin- through, yeah. through the finish line there. Yeah. Yeah, not too shabby. Well, again, I couldn't let you leave without doing a little story time because that's hey, hey, that's, that makes me smile. That's a good story. That, that's yeah. good memories, man. <laughs> good memories. Yeah. No, that's pre-live streaming era. That's like you'd read Colette's recap. You'd maybe Bobby Knight would post a YouTube video, and like <laughs> this is why I'm doing my history for everyone. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta figure out what happened. happened. You know, there was. It's a great thing that there was no footage of. Yeah. Me playing out here being an idiot, <laughs> you know, that stuff is is gone. Uh, so it's uh, I while there's sometimes I wish I could go back and watch the matches. I'm glad that uh, some of that stuff isn't isn't alive anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fair. It's fair to say. Well, uh, obviously, one thing I know we're all looking forward to is seeing you on live streams for many years to come. As again, you and your Georgia Bulldogs not only going to compete in the Sweet 16 this weekend, but again, the news coming out. The next head coach for Georgia women's tennis joining us here on the show today. And it is always a, a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you, coach. So uh, thank you very much for taking the time today. Uh, it's the first time. Won't be the last time we have you on the show. Good luck to you and the Bulldogs. And I promise I'm getting down to Athens sometime soon. Bring it on. Thanks for all you do for, for college tennis. We appreciate you uh, pushing us forward. Yeah, of course. My pleasure. And it's what? It's just go Bulldogs. Go dogs. No, go dogs. dogs. Well, then, go, go dogs. dogs. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully, these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that's happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the 
Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy, college tennis fans. We have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season. Of course, a shout out here at Crack Rackets to the man who makes all of that possible. Our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Turna for their support. Turner Tough, best grip in the business. You can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>